I just want to um, start by one verse before I get into everything um, this evening. This is from the passage I'm going to read to you. But in Matthew 13, which is where you'll find the parable of the sower. So it gives you time to find it if you've brought your, your Bible with you. I'm in trouble finding it myself at the moment. Hang on. New Testament. Thanks, Dave. Ah, oh, I see. I was in the wrong part. There we are. Right, so in Matthew 13, I think it's verse 9, if I remember correctly. This is what it says. This is what Jesus says. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So I pray for us this evening that we will hear. We won't just listen, but we will hear. And we will hear what God wants to say to us this evening. So we're looking at Jesus in the uh, Gospel of Matthew over these next few weeks. got a visiting speaker, as Jeff said earlier, next week. But in these um, Sunday evenings, we're going to be looking at Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. So I'm going to read to you from Matthew 13. This is the parable of the sower, familiar to many of you, I'm sure. But it's Matthew 13, 1 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. And while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but not understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. So Jesus here is interpreting his own parable here for the disciples. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, 
they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Hearing. Take care how you hear. Take care how you hear. Not how you listen, but how you hear. How you take things in. You know, sometimes we get carried away looking at the intricacies of parables and we look for a meaning in every single word, every single phrase, every, every gap. You know, we look at the, this parable of the sower, we've got the seeds, the soil, the birds, the rocks. There's so many things we could look at and start to, start to, to really dig in to it. But the main point of this parable from Jesus is how we hear the word of God. It mentions the word hear, hears, or hearing 13 times in this parable. And it's all it's about is hearing and how we hear. When Jesus gives his interpretation of this parable, he really focuses on what happens once people have heard, once the seed has landed. But there are three things that we need to be clear on. The sower is a messenger or a preacher or a teacher, someone who is sharing the word, someone who is sowing this seed. The soil is the hearer or the receiver. That's the person that is hearing, the person that's listening. And the seed is the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. That's what it says in verse 11. It says that. The seed is the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. In verse 19, it says it's the message of the kingdom. And in verses 20, 21, 22, and 23, it says it's the word. It's the word of God. This seed that is being sown is the word of God. This is not just the gospel, but God's word for all who hear it. So yes, it is the gospel, but all the word of God that is preached, that is spoken out. It's everything that is taught from God's word. Now here we see there, if this is the word of God, there's a responsibility here on the preacher. There's a little bit of pressure on the preacher, you might think, to sow correctly, to sow right, to sow in the right places. Perhaps there's a little bit of pressure on him. But there's also pressure on the hearer. Not pressure, but an expectation on the hearer. But here we see that one in four end up with no lasting growth. One in four don't really take the seed and run with it. One in four don't really do anything with the seed that is given to them. So as a preacher, so I'm stood here tonight talking, already knowing that I'm going to have a 25% success rate, 25% success rate at best. It's not particularly encouraging, is it, for a preacher, that one in four of you, according to this parable, are going to take this in and do something with it. But we're going to, going to look at that a bit later on. But there's no diminished responsibility for the messenger or the preacher because of that. I could very easily think, oh, well, only one in four are going to hear it. Can't I'll just read the, I'll read the passage and, and give them my best. A preacher, a sharer, that's you as well. When you're sharing the gospel, when you're sharing the word with anyone, is to give it your best. There's no diminished responsibility here. We need to be faithful to the word. We need to be diligent. We need to really dig into it. We need to study the word. So that the preacher's not getting off the hook here. The sharer, the sower, is not getting off the hook. It doesn't matter how he does things. But we've got to remember it's God who does the work. It's the Holy Spirit that makes the word come to life. So I can speak as much as I like, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit in your lives through my mouth. 
It's what he does that makes the difference. But we need to work. We still need to work hard and we need to do our best. However, listeners have a responsibility here too. Those that hear the word have a responsibility. In this parable, as we've just said, it's all about listening and about hearing. How we hear the word of God. I'll say it again. Hearing, take care how you hear. Take care how you hear. This parable is not about how or where the seed is sown. That's still important, as I said, how the preacher does it. You know, we don't want to be dry. We want to use um, analogies where we can. We want to use stories. Jesus used stories. This is the whole point of making the word come to life. So we do what we can. But it's not about that. It's about what happens when it lands. This parable is all about when the seed lands or when the word is heard, when we hear the word of God. But I kind of, I find this, I really wrestle with this this week because if, if it's about hearing, if it's about listening, and we hear that the first group of people that hear just don't get it. They don't understand that it gets taken away from them. And we read in Isaiah 55 that the word of God, when it's preached, when it goes forth, never returns void. It always sets out to do what God sends it for. Isaiah 55, 11 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word, God says, that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. How can it be then that we see that some don't understand it? If God's word goes forth and always achieves what it's supposed to achieve, why is it some don't understand it? And then we read later in the parable, when trouble or persecution come, because of the word, they quickly fall away. So even because of the word of God, they quickly fall away. So there must be something more to what God is saying, to this word that is sent forth. And Jesus gives us the answer in this parable. He says, this is why I speak in parables, why I speak in stories. It says, though seeing, they do not hear. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears. Understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Now, we all think this passage comes from Isaiah, but this another Another passage I want to read in Isaiah that talks about the word going forth. And we all like this passage. We all like it when we talk about evangelism. Isaiah is, is, a, is, seeing, is seeing himself in the throne room of God. And we read this um, in Isaiah 6 verse 9. He said, go and tell this people. Sorry, I'll go back a bit. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? Who will go and speak to the people? And Isaiah said... He said, here I am, send me. And God said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. I find this a real struggle, but the answer, the answer comes in when God's worth comes goes forth. Some people will hear it 
and they will act on it. And we'll look at this later in the parable. Some will hear it, they will receive it, and they will grow from it. Others will reject it. And what Jesus is saying here, some people's hearts have become so hard, their way of living, their way of life, their continual rejection of Christ has led their hearts to become calloused to the point where the seed will not go in, where the word of not, will not go in. And, and so God's word, this, this two-edged sword that divides between bone and marrow, actually divides people. When the word goes forth, those will take it and they will run with it. Take it and they will feed on it. Others will reject it. So as God's words goes, goes forth, it actually separates people from those that will go to heaven, those that will receive the word and act on it and respond to God, and those that will reject it out of hand. So if we're going to hear this word and we're going to do something with it, how? How do we hear? How are we going to hear? To hear? I'm reading my notes out of my time there. We've got ears on our head. There are ears on our head that we listen with. You are listening to me now as we speak. But in spiritual terms, you're hearing with your heart. You're hearing with your heart. So it's going in your ears, but there, if I could draw it for you, there's a human heart and there's an ear on it too. And you're listening with your heart. Is it getting into your heart? It's listening versus hearing. It's the physical ear versus the spiritual ear within our hearts. How are we listening? Are we just listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth? Or are, we actually, are our hearts prepared to actually listen to what God might be saying rather than just me? See, if we look at Jesus' interpretation, he, he breaks it down into the four ways that we actually hear. The first one is the ears of our hearts. He talks about, in fact, I'm going to read it again, that first um, verse, Matthew 13. When Jesus talks about the soil landing on the path, and it says this. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly. So the first one we see here lands on hard soil. The thing is, if our hearts are calloused and they are hard, like this path is hard, Jesus is saying that it's impenetrable. There's no understanding. If your heart is hard, he says that when the word goes forth, there is no understanding. It cannot get in. When our hearts are hard, when we continually reject God, when we live a life that makes our heart hard, even when the, the word of God goes forth, it's rejected. It cannot get in, which gives the devil the chance to come and steal it away. So if you're listening to the word of God and your heart is hard, it is Calloused, and that can happen through many different things. It can be the way of life, a continual rejection of God. It could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness in your heart, and your heart gets your heart gets hard, and so the word of God is impenetrable. So, are you hearing tonight, or are you listening? Are you listening? The words bouncing off. Or are you hearing, and the words going in? The second thing Jesus talks about is this, the, um, the soil, sorry, the seeds that land on the soil, but it's shallow. It says it lands in some rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. People receive the word with joy. They hear that word and they think, this is wonderful. 
They hear about God's grace. They hear about God's mercy. They hear about Jesus' death on the cross and he raised to life and the power that comes from that and the, the grace my sins are forgiven. They receive it with joy. They think this is amazing. This is the best news I have ever heard. But Jesus goes on to say, but when trouble and persecution come, that what was placed in the heart starts to wither and starts to die, that it kills the joy. But interestingly, it says because of the word. If we read what Jesus says, when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word. So the very persecution they're feeling, the very trouble they're, they're having comes from the word of God itself. Can you imagine at times, perhaps in the early times of your Christian walk where you may have thought, I really have to do that? I really need to give up that? I need to put God above everything else? I need to stop going out drinking on a Saturday night? I might have to. I'm about to stop watching those particular types of programs. I have to put God above everything. I have to allow God to be in charge of my finances. God to be in charge of my life. And sometimes the word that is preached that, that if received in the heart brings about change, some people reject. So they heard the good news with joy. They heard the, the lovely part of the gospel, which is Jesus saying, I died for you. I died on the cross for you. And my grace is enough for you. And I will heal you. And I will set you free. I will be your saviour. But I also need to be your Lord. And there are some things you need to do. There are some things you're going to have to do. If you're going to change. And it's that's what kills people's joy. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give up those things. I don't want to stop doing that. And I don't want to start doing this. And so the joy that comes from the word. Is slowly killed. And so the seed that is sown. Slowly starts to wither away. The third hearing that Jesus talks about is the, the hearing and receiving. But then the worries of life come. If we look at this again, Jesus says, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than from a camel to enter the eye of a needle. Jesus didn't say it was impossible for a rich man to enter heaven. He said it was harder. It is hard. What Jesus is talking about here is the, the comfort of life. When he talks about the thorns that choke, the weeds that choke, the, the seeds that grow, he's talking about people that receive the word of God and they love it and they act on it and they respond to it. But then the comfort of life, the wealth of life begins to take over. I was talking to somebody just this week about this very thing. I said, oh yeah, I know it. it's hard, isn't it? When, when, we, you know, when, when people are wealthy and it can kind of usurp God, it can kind of push them out. And he said, oh, he said, I get it totally. I totally understand that. He says, but I'm not wealthy. He said, I'm not wealthy. I said, I've got hardly anything. He said, but I'll tell you what I am. And that's comfortable. I'm really comfortable. And when I'm comfortable, I don't, need God so much I don't need the word of God so much so I might not have a lot of money but I've got a roof over my head and I've got a home and I've got my family and I've got a job and I've got the kind of things I need day to day and how quickly I find in that place that I don't need God and I think how easy is it for us to find ourselves comfortable certainly when we live in the west when we look at the faith of those 
in impoverished countries compared to ours sometimes, it's easy to see what happens. Is that the comfort of life takes over. It just tends to migrate into life. It tends to migrate into our hearts and it kind of slowly pushes Jesus out. And if that can happen when we're comfortable, imagine what it must be like for people that are really wealthy. Imagine how, how hard that must be to keep Jesus at the center, to allow his word to grow within them and, and talk to them about being hospitable, to talk to them about being generous, to talk to them about giving away everything they have to the poor, how hard that must be. But that's what happens when the word of God falls in some people's hearts is that the comfort and the wealth of life chokes out the word that was once taken hold of. Now these three ways of hearing that Jesus talked about we see there's no lasting growth. There's no strength from any of these listeners. The seed lands. In the first one, it doesn't even germinate. It doesn't even do anything. It's just snatched away. The second one starts to grow, but it fails. The third one, it starts to grow, but it's snatched away. Nothing lasts. There's only one. There's one in four that lasts. Jesus says, this is the one that hears and understands. Interesting in the, what I loved... A couple of the commentaries I read as I was preparing for this message, they, they switch understands for stands under. When you understand something, you stand under it. Do we stand under the word of God? We say we understand it, but do we stand under it? Is it over us? Is it like the rule over us? Is it the law over us? Is it the thing that makes us tick? Is it the thing that we refer to? Is it the thing that we hold the highest? Do we stand under it. This fourth way of hearing, this open heart that receives the word, it hears it, it understands it, it bears much fruit. Jesus said it produces a crop 160 or 30 times more. Think of the parable of the, of the talents with what the servants were given and what they went away and did with it. What will you do, what will I do with the word of God that is preached week in, week out, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, whether you listen to it on YouTube, whether you listen to the Sunday messages in the week, however you listen to it, will you allow it to go into the ears of your heart? Because if you do, that's when it bears much fruit. This is the hearing Jesus calls for. He calls for us to open the ears of our hearts, to allow it in so that it might grow. In this hearing, there is growth. There is influence. There are more seeds produced. When you take in the word of God, you allow it to take root. It grows up and it produces more seeds. This is what Jesus is talking about. You then talk about the word of God to others. You are enthused by the word of God. You're enthused by your faith. You're enthused by what God says to you. And you want to go and tell other people about it. This is the kind of hearing that develops discipleship. This is the kind of hearing that grows community groups. This is the type of hearing that grows the kingdom of God because you're not satisfied with what you've been given. Jesus says, when I, those of you that have, I will give you more. Those, those of you that listen to this word, understand it, take it, feed on it, run with it, I will give you even more. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. But at the moment, Jesus is saying it's a one in four. This is a one in four chance. I wonder what the kingdom of God would look like if we had a four in four. If every single person listened to the word of God with an open heart, took what it said, and ran with it. Just want to read the first few verses of Psalm 1 to you. This is what it's like. This is what happens to seed when it lands in your heart. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but, those, 
but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law, the word of God, day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This is the hearing we're talking about. The hearing, the, the, the word of God, the seed of the word of God that gets in your heart is watered by the Holy Spirit and it continues to grow. And as it grows in you, other people see it. As it grows in you, you want to give it away. As it grows in you, you want to talk to people about it. And this is how the kingdom of heaven grows. And it's a privilege for us, those of us that know Christ, those of us that know the word of God, what it means and you hearing it, understanding it, it's an absolute privilege. Jesus says this in 11 and 12. He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them, those that don't believe. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away. It's an absolute privilege that we can hear and receive and act on the word of God. Will you run with that privilege this evening? Will you see it as a privilege that you've received the word of God? And you can hear it and then you can understand it. And you're not sat here thinking, what on earth is Paul going on about this evening? But I'll leave you with some questions this evening. What does it take to be good soil? What does it take to be a good hearer? What does it take to be someone that listens and hears the word of God? Of God to be a good and fruitful hearer of the word. Do you want to bear fruit when you hear the word of God, or do you just want to hear it and think that's great? I believe that. I agree with that. That's wonderful. Or do you want it to bear fruit in your life so that other people can see it? Other people say, "I want what you've got. That fruit that you've got, I want that." It comes from hearing the word of God. We need to be prepared. When you know the word of God is going to be preached, when you know it's going to be spoken in whatever context, whether it's in church, whether it's in community group, a Bible study, discipleship, meeting with friends, prepare your heart. And we do that through prayer. God, whatever I'm going to hear, let it land. Whatever I'm going to hear, let me take it in my heart that I might run with it, that it might grow, that it might take up root in my heart. We need to be prepared, hearers. We need to be expectant. Think about posture. Am I going to receive something from God or am I just rocking up to church today? Am I coming because it's Sunday? Am I coming to community group because it's Tuesday? Or am I coming expecting to hear from God? Every time this book is opened, God speaks. Every time. But do we hear every time God speaks? We need to expect to hear from God when the word of God is preached. And again, that comes from prayer. That's how we get into that posture. God Speak to me. I want to hear from you. We always talk about wanting to hear from God. Every time the word of God is preached or it's read, we hear from God. We need to be ready to sift. Going back to the farming analogy, the sowing analogy, we need to be ready to sift. They would sift the wheat. They would sift out the wheat from the chaff, what is good from what is bad. Whatever I'm saying to you tonight, I'm a human. I'm a human, but these are the words of God. And whatever he is saying through me, and you are hearing, you still need to sift it. It's what Paul is saying. Is it true? Is it right? Do I want to talk to him about that afterwards? Do I need to maybe argue with that a little bit? I'm not quite so sure, Paul, that what you said was was necessarily right. I want to argue. Sift out what is rubbish. Think of the prosperity gospel. Just give money to God and he'll give you back even more. God wants you to be rich. Is that really the word of God? Is that really what it says? 
So be ready to sift. Don't just suck up anything, any seed that is thrown at you. You must be ready to sift it and listen to it for yourselves. Something that changed my life, and I've started to do again recently because it fell by the wayside, but certainly Jeff's message in the morning is Habakkuk. I can't get enough of it. And so I'm writing it down so I can go back and I can read it again. If you want to be a good hearer of the word of, and I'm not looking at anybody here who's got notes out and who hasn't, but if you want to be a good hearer of the word of God, you need to write down your own notes. Because by the time you get in your car tonight, you'll have forgotten 95% of what I've said to you this evening. You will. So write it down. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. But write it down. Write it down. The, the learning pyramid, when we went the educational pyramid, you get to the top when you can teach it to somebody else. But the only way you can do that is by taking notes, by learning it yourself, going back, rereading it, go back, studying it, getting it into your heart so you can then tell someone else. But it starts with taking notes. It's, it starts with listening, hearing properly, writing it down. What else have I written here? To question it. I've said that in the sifting. To wrestle and to settle. You might hear things you're uncomfortable with. You might hear things you don't agree with. Wrestle with it until you settle. Don't leave it. Don't be afraid to get stuck into it. Oh, anyway, I'm going on, so I don't want to get into that just now. I was reading Piper this week, John Piper, and he, he gave four sentences that sum up the four ways of hearing. And I really would like you to hear these, to hear these. So just listen to these. I just think he puts it brilliantly. There is a hearing that barely gets started, and the word is gone before you get out of the door. There is a hearing that lasts until there is a hard time in life and then one turns from God to other messages, whatever those messages may be. There is a hearing that flourishes until the riches and pleasures of this life choke it off. There is a hearing that defeats the devil, endures trials, scorns riches and bears fruit unto eternal life. I wonder what kind of hearing you would like to have. I love that last one. That sounds good to me. There is a hearing that defeats the devil, endures trials, scorns riches, and bears fruit unto eternal life. Is that something that you would like to be? Is that the kind of hearing that you would like to have? Is that what you would like the word of God to do in your life? Would you like it to take root to the point where it defeats the devil? Think of Jesus when he was tempted. It is written. It is written. It is written. It was the word of God. That's how he combated the devil. Because he heard and imbibed the word of God. It was on his heart. Endures trials. Scorns riches. When it comes to riches, this is the book, the only book you'll ever need. If you go to places where the Bible is illegal, where you're not allowed to own a Bible, this is the most treasured possession on earth. It would do us well to think about how much this book is worth. Would you like to bear fruit? Would you like people to look at you and think, I want what you've got? As the word of God takes hold in you and flourishes and grows because you hear it and they say to you, I want what you've got. It feeds into us and feeds into our evangelism and it lasts until eternal life. So I want to ask you this evening, what kind of hearer do you want to be? Do you want to be hearer number one who doesn't understand? Do you want to be hearer number two who takes joy, but then allows the difficulties of life to take it away? Do you want to be hearer number three that allows comfort 
to push God's word to one side like it's not that important anymore because I've got what I need? Or do you want to be hearer number four who's able to use the word of God to defeat the devil, endure trials, scorn riches, bear fruit unto eternal life? I know which hearer I would like to be. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray <laughs> that you would help us to be hearers of the word, not just listeners of the word. I pray, Lord, that the ears of our hearts will be open wherever we go, whenever your word is opened, wherever it's discussed, wherever it's chewed on. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to keep open hearts to hear what it is you have to say, that we wouldn't allow the pressures of this world to push away the treasure of your word. We wouldn't allow the comfort of this world, Lord, to strangle what it is that you're trying to say to us. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open, that ears of our hearts would be open to hear your word, that we might defeat the enemy, we might defeat the devil, Lord, that we may beat the trials that come our way. Lord, I pray that we would hear word and it would take root so that we would bear fruit, so that we would look so different in this barren world, this world that is looking for so much. Let us be the ones that bear fruit because of hearing of the word. I pray for every heart here, Lord, that the word this evening will have landed in their heart, not on the rocky path, not in the shallow soil, not amongst the weeds and the tares, but I pray that it would have landed on good soil. I pray, Lord, that it would have landed right in the ears of people's hearts and that we would be better listeners, that we would be prepared to listen. Lord, help us to be excited about hearing your word. Help us to be prepared better for hearing your word. Help us to want to take notes, Lord, to, to dig deeper into your word, to develop good soil in our hearts so that when the seed is sown, that it takes root and it grows up like a mighty tree next to a river of flowing, living water. Lord, I pray that when we hear your word, it will make a difference in our lives. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to ask the the band to come up and um, we're just going to sing in response. I just want you to think about those things, just those, those tips that I've given you about how we have a heart that listens. It's a strange term, I know, but how we have a heart that listens. Be prepared in prayer. Be expectant. What's the posture of your heart? I'm expected to hear from God tonight or am I coming to have a cup of coffee to meet my friends and to worship God? There's more. There is more for coming from the word of God. Are you ready to sift it? Are you ready to shake it? What has Paul said tonight? Do I actually agree with what he says? Is what he's saying true? Do I need to read that passage again and make sure in my own heart that what he's saying is right? And notes. Do you need to start thinking, do I need to bring a little notebook? Do I need to bring a pen? And it might be you write down one sentence. You write down one thing, one little nugget that one day may save your life. My, my mum... <laughs> I, I, I reference this quite a lot. I do apologize. But this is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. But my mum has a little notebook that she calls her dagger. And she writes down all these little verses, all these little things that really matter to her, all these little things that have changed her life, all these things that have made her heart quicken a little bit. And she's written them and she calls it a dagger and she takes it in a handbag everywhere. It's important that we keep our own 
we can't transplant, we can't replace the word of God, but we can take our own little interpretations, our own little verse that spoke to us and why it spoke to us. What did it say? Let's get the word of God into our hearts because it is life-changing. It is life-changing. So let's be better hearers of the word. Thanks, Rachel.